Oh Lord, we've stumbled during the week and we've groped our way back to this place. Illumine the steps before us and write your word on our hearts for we carry the name of Jesus and we would walk in the light of his love. Amen. Our scripture reading of the first nine verses of the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path. And the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Somewhere along the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus got into that boat and sat down and told them many things in parables. What's the significance of Jesus sitting down? Well, sitting was the position of a teacher in those days, a rabbi, someone in authority. And what's the advantage of sitting down in a boat? Well, Jesus was talking to a crowd of people long before amplification and microphones and such. So it was handy to be in a boat where first people couldn't crowd or in around too close, but where many people could hear him. If you've ever been out on, a, on what you wanted to be a quiet pond and heard people talking across the way in another boat, you know how that naturally lets the sound travel. The story of the sower who went out to sow seeds on different kinds of soils, it's one of the most familiar of Jesus' parables. It's one of those that's in several of them of the Gospels. This story is so familiar to so many people and especially certain preachers that a lot of people think they know exactly what it means for Christians today. You know, be the right kind of soil and give to the building fund. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Now some of the parables were told to the crowds who came to hear Jesus and some of them were told just to the disciples. This is one that was told to the crowd, and right after that, the disciples asked Jesus a question. They did not ask the question you'd think. What's that parable mean? But what the 10th verse tells us that the disciples came and asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? 
one famous preacher I've heard recently says that another word for parable is a riddle. And they essentially ask him, why are you telling me these things in riddles? Well, later on in that same chapter, the 34th verse, Matthew tells us that Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables, and without parables, he told them nothing. So parables were a teaching technique. And what exactly is a parable? Well, one familiar definition is that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's a fine definition as far as it goes, but it doesn't go quite far enough. The parables of Jesus, in fact, have oftentimes several meanings, or more than one at least. In fact, sometimes the parables are primarily seem to be riddles to prompt us to puzzle over them, to ponder about them, to think about what's the meaning for us? What's the meaning for me today? So what's this parable about? Is it about the sower, primarily? God or Jesus? Is it about the disciples or the church? Is it about the seeds, the gospel word, the kingdom of heaven? Is it about the field, that is, the audience, uh, Israel or the world? Or is it more about the harvest? The ways we make sense of this parable depend on where we stand, what we hear and see, and what we understand, and how we respond. Now, Tom Long is a seminary professor. He's a Presbyterian minister who's a seminary professor at uh, Emory, a Methodist seminary. His book on Matthew inspired me to go hear him do a recent talk he gave about the parables of Jesus. One thing he pointed out was that most parables involve extravagance. The parable of the sower starts with extravagance. Think about it. What kind of gardener or farmer would take valuable seed and spread it on the road, on the hard-packed soils, on the rocky soil, as well as on that rich, loamy soil with good tilth, where it's likely to flourish? One thing this parable tells us is that God loves humanity extravagantly. Jesus Christ died for all of us, not just for the people who look and speak and believe like us, but for every sinner who's ever lived or ever will. God's abundant grace is that extravagant. Now, Dr. Long also said that the plot in most parable involves an advent that is something arrives or comes a reversal, and some sort of confrontation. Well, what arrives in this parable? Well, there's, first of all, there's the sower and then the seed. And what reversal is the here? Well, there's several. Seeds encounter the, the soil to grow, but things get in the way. Some of the seeds carried off by birds. Some seed began to grow fast, but got scorched by the sun. Some seed began to grow, but was choked out by the thorns. And isn't that what happens with faith? Some hear the, the gospel, the good news, and have the seeds of faith, but something takes it away. One of my old roommates told me that his son-in-law, 
who was raised Catholic and raised in the church, has told him there's no God in this house. Somehow, something took the seed of faith away from that young man. Somehow faith sprout in them, but that faith has no depth. The burning sun scorches it to death. Faith is based on the heat of emotion that's shallow. Emotion alone can grow fast but be scorched by doubt or other shifting emotions. Some have faith that's choked out by thorns. Perhaps you've seen that in others or maybe even in yourself sometimes. Things that just won't let faith live. Choke it. Anger, for example. For some, the competition for faith is the pursuit of career or money or, or other distractions that consume all the time and energy. Or you might say, take all the oxygen out of the room. I mentioned that before that extravagance comes up twice in this parable. Well, the first time was in, in the way that the sower spread the seed on all kinds of soil. The second time was when some seed fell on good soil and it flourished. Not just a little bit, but a lot, a whole lot, an amazingly, incredibly, ridiculously, fabulously lot. We're told that other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Well, 30, 60, 100, that's a pretty wide range, right? But all of those yields are astoundingly more than the, even the germination that Wyatt Quarles or Burpee or any of these other seed companies would guarantee. Just as an aside, I'll tell you that, you know how the Burpee Seed Company got started? They weren't in the seed business, they were in the plant business. But they mailed their plants. You'd order them like in the Sears catalog or something. But so many of plants arrived dead. They didn't grow too well in the mail. They started sending a little seed packet sort of to make up for it. And they got out of the plant business and just into seeds. Well, no company you know of would guarantee that kind of yield. The yield was extravagant. Now the seeds that do produce, produce a whole lot. But even so, notice that the failures still outnumber the successes three to one. Between the hard packed soil where the birds took it away, the thorny soil and the rocky soil, only in about a fourth of those kinds of conditions was it able to thrive. Well, you and I are not passive soil. But our lives are like soil into which the seed of faith has been sown by God. We're kind of the sharecroppers in charge of tending that seed. We're the gardeners in charge of pulling the weeds in our own lives, in charge of rooting out the rocks that would keep us from growing good roots of faith, cutting the thorny bush brambles that could choke out our own faith. So what are the rocks? What are the weeds in your life? What birds do you need to scare off lest they steal your faith? Jesus began and ended this parable of the sower with one command. At the beginning he said, listen. 
And at the end, he said, let anyone with ears listen. So listen. Can you hear him? Jesus is calling to you and to me to be his faithful and fruitful witnesses in this world today. Thanks be to God.